everybody, and welcome to Beloit Schools Community Talk. I'm Sarah Weiss, alongside my two older brothers, Matthew and Michael. Beloit Schools Community Talk is a bi-weekly podcast giving airtime to the most critical community issue as we see it, and that's education. As a collective three of us, we hope to inspire higher levels of community engagement by shining a light on district happenings and providing maybe an alternative resource to what's going on in the district outside of the Bully Daily News. Uh, shows will only be about 15 minutes, and they'll come out every other week opposite of the weeks of the school board meetings. The board meetings will kind of be a guidepost for our episodes, but we will certainly entertain other uh, uh, other topics as they arise, as they relate to our students in our district. Awesome. So before we dive into our main discussion point today, that's going to be the yonder cell phone pouches being piloted in our schools. Um, since it's the first episode, we have to give a little bit about, you know, the who we are, why you should be listening to us, maybe what we bring to the table. Um, and then we're going to go into some things that we will keep around every episode, and then finally back to our Yonder Talks. So whoever, I don't know, whichever Age before beauty. Age before okay, beauty. Yes, that means I'm first. <laughs> uh, my name is Matthew, or Matt Weiss, and I'm a proud Beloit Memorial alum of the class of 2006. And even though I haven't lived in Beloit, for more than a couple weeks since then, um, I'm still very proud to call it a home. Uh, currently, I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I work in higher education and student development. Uh, my professional passions include educational access as well as student leadership development. Awesome. I am uh, Michael Weiss, the middle child, uh, BMHS grad of 2009. Uh, following that, uh, went to college after that worked in finance and now work in public policy in DC. Uh, part of the issue, you know, one of the several issues I cover out here in DC is education, uh, more so at uh, the higher education level regarding student loan programming, but uh, certainly engaged at the, uh, the K-12 level as well. Um, very involved in, in following the school district, following recent elections, following what the board is doing. Um, I feel like over the past, uh, you know, several years upon my graduation, there hasn't necessarily been the oversight that we would have liked to have seen at the board level. Um, so very excited to kind of give my, my two cents and uh, what's going on and how we can improve the district. Awesome. And last but not least, uh, I'm Sarah, the host for this episode because I drew the short straw. Um, but... I'm hoping that we can, uh, you know, rotate the hosts. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> but um, this week it's me, and part of that is because for the past few months now, I've been known in the family as Candidate Weiss. Um, I, I too, am a Boyd Memorial High School alum. I graduated in 2012, and uh, I recently ran and lost a school board election. Uh, so I was running for one of the two open seats on the board. We decided, well, we after after the loss, um, my brother and I royal we royal we royal we 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 brunched at the at a local fine dining establishment, um, Salvador's, and um, we came up with this this idea to, you know, keep 
this passion kind of rolling. Um, we're all working at some level kind of in education. And um, although I lost the election, I still wanted um, to work at engaging more community members. I still wanted to be an advocate for students and discuss um, these topics that are going through the board um, and some of the topics that community members are, are taking issue with or also the things that community members are enjoying and, and we are proud to show off about our district. So um, by day I, I work in a pre-college program so I get to work with high schoolers um, daily. Um, I volunteer at another school um, so so if I ever talk about you know working with students or my students at this um, you know it can be from a from a range of schools um, as I interact with um, I live I'm the only of the three to live here um, so so that's a little bit about us um, a little bit about why we created this little project here um, and uh, I think because we come from different perspectives that's going to make our discussions here a little bit more exciting and more interesting. Uh, also, as siblings, we definitely don't yeah, agree all the time. Do you have something to say, Michael? Oh, I was going to... Yeah, sorry. I was going to say that, though, I mean, we're kind of spearheading this effort. We are more than, uh, you know, interested in having other folks join us for these discussions as they happen. So if you're interested and... In, in, have something you think is important for us to talk about you know shoot us a you know contact us in some way or you know let us know that you want to be on the show to to be a part of the, the conversation definitely we, we hope to not limit it to three of us but bring in some guest interviewers as well i would say too the one thing that we should probably talk about is even the, and we kind of talk about this in the sense of we do all have similar beliefs but I think we should probably outline some of those are. I think, you know, we all can agree that schools should be community hubs, that they're places of more than just education in our community. Uh, we all, we're, both of our parents are teach, retired educators, and both of them are teachers. Uh, and we think that they should be valued. We understand uh, how hard that teachers work and that those I, that the students that they teach should be well supported. Um, and I think even though, uh, Sometimes we are going to disagree. I think we all understand that at its heart that this is all about the kids and the, the next generation of people coming up behind us. You know, we all got a really great education in Beloit, and we all have gone on to do some really great things with it. And I think we care about it so much that this is something that we want to do to continue to raise awareness about some of the good things happening in Beloit, but also improving the quality of education for the, the students coming up behind us. Right, well put. And... Um, we also, well, I want to know, I'll speak for myself, um, that I think I want to keep this light, I want to keep this fun, but I also want to echo what Matthew said about um, the seriousness of the matter, right? Like, we all are, think that we're doing important work, and um, even though it might be fun at times, um, there's that note of, um, we think that we should be doing more for students and schools. So now that you know a little bit about us, a little bit about why this project is, is happening now, um, 
it's time to get to know our show. So we're going to have a f- some segments that are mainstays that will be happening every week, or every episode, I should say. Uh, and then there's going to be ones that we rotate in. Uh, like I said, I hope that we get some guest interviews on here. Uh, we might be doing uh, some media recaps. We might be doing debates between siblings. Um, so we're just going to kind of rock and roll and see what topics come up organically in our community and then kind of roll off of that about, you know, the best format that we see fit for that episode. Okay. Um, the f- one of the mainstays we're always going to start out our episodes with is our um, star staff or star student. Um, this week, I wanted to highlight um, the Boyd Memorial High School Art Department. Um, they're finalists in the Vans Custom Culture Shoe Design Competition, um, and voting is still live. So I wanted to highlight that. Um, if if you're listening, please go out to the um, Vans Custom Culture website, um, and they can win uh, some cool things for the school, and Vans will come in and kind of have a big celebration for them. So our second segment every week will be one of the rundowns. Uh, so I've actually have gotten gotten the, the long straw of doing the rundown this week. And so I just wanted to give you, for those of you who haven't had a chance to watch last week's school board of education meeting, um, I'll be able to kind of talk through the highlights for you really quickly. And then uh, we'll move on to some of the other things that were talked about in the in the meeting. Uh, so this week at the meeting last week, Tuesday, so it'll be April 24th, um, the meeting actually started with uh, Lori Endress asking all of the all of the board members to put their phones in the yonder pouch, which I think was a really cool move on her part, knowing that um, it is a, such a distraction. I mean, I'm distracted by my phone right now as it's going out. <laughs> um, so I think it's, that was a good move. And then they moved really quickly into uh, some commendations to some of the outgoing board members, at which point. Uh, Dennis Leary took an opportunity to kind of share some of his his wins uh, with with the with the board. Oh, uh, Dennis Baskin. Dennis, oh, Dennis Baskin. Baskin. Sorry, yep. I'm no, in the wrong good. Dennis. Um, <laughs> and so, um, just a couple of the things that he uh, really talked about were some of the wins that they've had in hiring administrators of color and paraeducators of color and educators of color, um, seeing seeing a lot of upgrades and a lot of boosts in that. Um, I'm sure we'll unpack that in a later episode. Um, We also had an opportunity to hear from some members of the community, as well as one specifically that we will probably talk about a little bit is Dorothy Harrell talking about the HR director position. Uh, It's a really interesting kind of uh, piece if you're looking at going back and listening to a portion of the uh, the meeting might be a good place for you to look. Um, Following that, there was a kind of a discussion about Yonder, which is the new cell phone pouch program that's being piloted at the Boyd Memorial High School. Uh, talked a little bit about some of the achievement gap efforts that have been happening, some of the equity report that's been going on, including another kind of minor shout out to Tasha Bell, who was an attendee at a national conference and it actually made a presentation. And that's really cool, having someone from Beloit being able to present at a national conference pretty big deal even though it's probably unnoticed by most of the people in, in our community it is something that's really great um, there was an update from the new HR director Tracy Carradine 
as well as some renewals for the youth options program, which I know for the three of us benefited all, uh, I, think, I think all of us, I know for sure my, my, Michael and myself, as well as some really important conversation about attendance at events for the members of the board. So that's just a quick overview. That's um, not anything in too in-depth for you, but hopefully gives you a shortened version of the hour meeting or so. So if you didn't watch the meeting, it's just a good chance for you to get caught up on what we've been talking about. Yeah, and um, to top that all off, uh, the two new board members, uh, David Wilson and Kyle Larson, were both inducted right before the start of the board meeting, and so that was their first board meeting um, as newly elected officials there. Um, so congrats to them, big congrats. Um, as, as Dennis Baskin kind of put it on David Wilson um, during his remarks, you know, they have some shoes to fill and um, all the students and, and community are kind of looking to them. So another big thing and one reason why we started this podcast um, after that board meeting, we wanted to start this project with the start of the new board. Um, with that, we're all kind of caught up. Um, I want to bring us all together for a little discussion on Yonder. I know we've, in our siblinghood group chats, um, we have had a little bit of back and forth, but we've also wanted to save that so that it's live on air for our show. So if, um, you know, maybe whoever has the strongest opinion, um, you know, this Yonder thing, does somebody want to explain it? A little bit more sure I can do that pretty quickly um, so for those that don't know yonder is a uh, service that the universe not the university that the school district has uh, paid for um, the basic gist of it for those of you who don't know uh, students go into a classroom and they have a yonder pouch that they're given by their teacher uh, they are expected to then take their cell phone or whatever cell phone they have at that point and place it into the bag, um, at which point the bag is magnetically closed and they don't have access to their phone. So even though they do actually still have the phone on their person, on the table, on their desk, whatever, um, they can't have it out to be texting or on Snapchat or Instagram or whatever, um, but then they're also able to actually have it. So there's no big basket of phones in the mm -hmm. classroom that the teacher is responsible for. Right. Um, at the end for, of the, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say for, for liability's sake, that's huge for the school district and the teachers because, you know, as soon as you take possession of the student's phone, then you become responsible for it if something were to happen. So by the, the cases, the student gets to keep the case and their phone with them. And so all of the liabilities remains on the student. Yeah, and so the one thing that I think most people had questions about is just what happens with the with the actual cases. So the cases can be unlocked using a magnetic device that the teachers have in their classrooms. And so in the event of an emergency where a student does need to get into their phone, or in the event that there's some other kind of emergency on campus where students would need access to their phones, uh, they will, all they need to do is wave their little yonder pouch over the little magnetic ball, I guess they were showing it yeah. at the meeting. I guess um, it's like a clothing tag. Like 
yeah, like you're at the you're at a store and you want to buy a coat or something. Right. <laughs> um, and so it's same kind of piece there. Uh, at that which point the bag unlocks, the phone is there, and it's all good to go. Uh, the bags are completely reusable and can be used on any different of the different number of the devices around school. Um, yeah, and you reuse year to year. And reuse year to year. Yes. Yeah. So right now it's um, this is being piloted in I believe fourteen classrooms. Um, and just just so we're all on the same page here, I, I, they want to, or the proposal is that every classroom would get a set of these yonder pouches. So the student would not be issued a pouch, the pouches would remain in the classroom. And so that means um, the district would have to cover the 40000 to $60,000 worth of, of getting the yonder pouches to complete the classroom sets for the school. All right, Sarah, what's your take on this? Like, first hearing it, what, what were your thoughts? Um, first, first off, I thought, good on, on the district and the board for responding to what the teachers have said. I think a lot of teachers have voiced that you know, phones are disrupting the learning environment. They see this as a huge problem in student engagement. And so that was my first reaction was good on the board for at least responding and, um, you know, hearing out the teachers because it's a huge piece um, for them. All right, all right. Matthew, Matthew, first thoughts. <laughs> I had some different thoughts. I think, um, <laughs> I'm holding my other thoughts. <laughs> I, I think that um, this is really great, right? It's a good idea in concept. Um, where I get hung up is I believe that everything can be used as a learning tool, and that part of that is my own personal belief, right? So I'm going to own that fully in front of everybody. Um, but part of me thinks that if the phones are that big of a problem, why aren't we trying to find ways to use the phones as a tool for learning? And I get that that's not always possible, and we might have to be a little bit more creative about how that happens. But I also think that incurring this cost for the sake of this, which you know is going to get passed back in either a fee of some sort or something that students are going to have to pay or families are going to have to pay, why are we... Why are we doing this? I think we should be changing the conversation not to how do we eliminate phones, but how do we use phones as a, as a tool for learning and how are we teaching and modeling proper behavior with them for our students, knowing that phones aren't going to go away, right? Like they've been around for, the smartphone has been ubiquitous now for over 10 years. Almost everyone owns one now. Let's get, let's find ways to maneuver, maneuver around it. Yeah. So I think two other things. I think first, Students also have iPads in front of them, correct? They do, one-to-one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, in terms of using technology, handheld, you know, at your fingertips, they have that as a resource. So I think a lot of things you could use for a phone, you could also utilize the iPad. Um, but, I mean, the question I had right away was, like, this seems very expensive. Is this yeah. an expense that is oh, yeah. worth, like, the taxpayers paying for it? Like... Like, you know, I, I think the common sense thing is, like, teachers should have control of their classrooms. Like, if, if the student is being disrupted with their phone, like, you put the you tell them to put the phone away, and if they don't, you take it or send it, send it to the principal's office, right? Like, I think that's the first response, but you run into issues with, uh, 
A, with liability, B, is this, like, the easiest or best or most efficient way to deal with this? Uh, you know, I, I think those are the two things that came to my next, but then I, mean, I think the third and kind of, you know, pretty important thing is, you know, we have a, a teacher morale, a teacher engagement problem, and if the teachers are very much a fan of this, then I guess I'm also a fan of it. Like, we need... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go, go. Yeah, um... You know, after my, my first positive thought there, you know, the, my other thing was you still need a strong phone policy, even with the yonder pouches. So if we haven't been having that strong policy followed through from teachers all the way down to admin, you know, it's not this yonder pouch isn't going to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I know students who say that, they asked for my phone, but how do they know it's the phone I'm using, right? Like, I mean, I probably have five old phones in my apartment right now. Like, what's stopping me from putting that in the pouch? And then you still have the same problem, a yeah. phone in my hand. And I think to kind of piggyback on that, too, I would say that um, phones are being used as a lot of kind of tools for cyberbullying in schools now, too. Yeah. And I think it's... It, we're not, I think it's really clear, we need to make really clear that we're not solving the cyberbullying problem and we're not solving a school phone policy problem. We're really focusing on just the phone in the classroom being disruptive, but there's already a workaround. Like this, the kids are already come up with something that is going to beat it up, you know? Like they're going to put the fake phone into the pouch and they're going to have the other phone out. Like, Do you guys have um, weekly staff meetings at your jobs? Sure do. Daily? Are there phones in those meetings? Yep. Yes, one hundred percent. So I mean, if we're we're preparing these high schoolers to to succeed outside of the classroom, and at some point they're gonna have to learn that they have to have their phone on and still be professional or you know engaged in their workplace. So part of me is like. Well, what they should be learning that now like in high school Um, right i mean if i'm in a meeting with my boss and think that person gives an important announcement in a staff meeting and i miss it because i'm on instagram that's on me yeah right that's not on her and i think trying to adopt that similar mindset with how we interact with high school students is probably to their benefit in the Mm -hmm. long run yeah i mean i think that that point's noted I, i think the the thing I keep falling back on is like you can still teach them like just because you have the yonder in the classroom and you, you could use it for the first half of the semester and say, you know what, now I'm going to let you use your phone. Like your phone is accessible. I hope you don't use it. I hope you, but to give the teacher that support, I think is, you know, I, it's a, it's a discussion worth having. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially when, you know, like Matthew said in the beginning, using using the technology um, for your benefit that takes um, a lot of changes in and what teachers do in the classroom, um, their teaching style, and kind of how they think about their lessons. And so that's not an overnight change at all. Um, that would take a lot of professional development um, and curriculum time if they wanted to make kind of that full scale change and being more of a tech-centered classroom. 
and I think the tech tools are they're so prevalent now too. Things like Kahoot uh, for kind of in-class quizzes and polling. Um, you know, there's a bunch of tools out there that even I use in higher education that are free that could be used and kind of ported over to the K-12 environment pretty easily. And I'm not saying that I know how to do their job, right? Like I'm not a teacher. I wasn't educated to be a teacher. Um, but it's also one of those things of I can see where the technology could be good. Uh, I do have one other thing I wanted to comment from the meeting conversation with the Board of Education. Um, the term cell phone addiction was used a bunch in the meeting. I think it was used three or four times, yes. I I also had thoughts. It was enough that I made a note of it in my notes. Um, I think we need to be really careful about using the term addiction. Um, there are people out in, in our community in the world who have actual legitimate addictions that are diagnosed um, or that it's a very clinical term, right? Um, and I think that we should probably say that they are maybe dependent on that or they feel the need to do that. But I don't know if the addiction is the right word I'd want to use to describe what's occurring in the classroom. Perfect. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave us there on the yonder. I think we've rambled a bit there. Um, and, and before we wrap this up, I just wanted to check in and see if you guys had any um, words or comments on anything else that happened in the meeting that we didn't get to talk about. Volunteer coordinator position? Did we discuss this? I don't know. I apologize. My Wi-Fi died oh, on me. No, no, no. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't talk about anything besides the rundown and then yonder. So um, there's All a right. district-wide volunteer program, right? Right. So it sounds like they're trying to hire two full-time, or they're going to post two full-time mm -hmm. positions for uh, for coordinators of district volunteers. Yes. Uh, I mean, my you know. You know, my hot take is, yes, there should be a district coordinator. It's unfortunate that we don't have enough community engagement as it is now that the district feels that we have to now, you know, make these paid positions. Like, I think people should be engaged in their students and their communities and their schools, you know, so much so that they're willing to give up their time to volunteer and to, you know, pick up the torch as, as the leader of the volunteers. And the fact that we have to, you know, pick up the bill to, you know, to have someone do that full time is, is, I don't know, I was, I was more disheartened than anything. Like, it's, it's kind of frustrating as a taxpayer to be like, oh, I'm, I'm also paying for that. But I mean, it's more, more so than that. It was, you know, kind of like, oh gosh, like we, we really don't have the engagement right now that we need. Yeah. And. I mean, I was left off a little bit confused at that that time in the meeting, too, and it seemed like some board members were a little confused. Yeah, they're still back and forth. Were, yeah. Matthew, did you have something, too? Yeah, my only other parting comment from the meeting, my other note, was about, uh, it was just a minor shout-out to whichever board member talked about Yonder being used at Chance the Rapper concert. <laughs> um, I know that all three of us are a big fan, and so if it's good enough for Chance the Rapper, maybe it's good enough for Beloit. <laughs> There we go. On that note, um, I want to thank everybody for listening for our very first episode of uh, Beloit Schools Community Talks. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. We had a little bit of fun. And please reach out if you have any comments, questions, anything like that. Um, have a good one. Peace.